0: You're listening to the Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Saoirse Long. FM 104.
2: It's Room 104 and it's Cormac and Saoirse here. And listen, we've chatted about the most annoying phrases of 2020 the ones that you want to leave in this year and move on we chatted about that during the week and uh, you know I think for us here wet pubs was the single worst word or phrase to come out of the year 2020 but what is the most popular one what has been a more maybe a more positive hopeful exciting phrase for 2020 well it's been revealed that uh, this new phrase has kind of topped the list of ones that people eh, not that don't mind using but don't really hate they don't mind using this phrase as much and joining us now to chat a little bit more about this um, is author best-selling author of Stuffocation, which is a phenomenally good book and the ideas in it are great as well and uh, the latest book Time and How to Spend It The Seven Rules for Richer Happier Days which I know uh, you know even leave the richer out of it happier days how in the name of god are we going to achieve that in, in this current situation with the global pandemic but we're delighted to welcome onto the show now uh, author futurist trendsetter mr james Walmsley. how are things
3: they are great and so much better now this uh, vaccine's been announced i feel like there's a uh, there's light at the end of the tunnel for us all
1: thank god uh, can, can we get rid of
2: exactly what you mean by that absolutely
1: can we get rid of uncertain times as well, please?
2: Uh,
3: I know what you mean, but I think they're always going to be with us. I've been in this uh, trend forecasting game now for about um, oh, about sort of 16, 17 years, and people always talk about, oh, it used to be really certain in the past. So There's like, oh, always this idea that back then, things were really clear. But I think the truth is, uh, sorry, Saoirse, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but I think uncertainty is just, it keeps us awake as well, if you think about it, you know what's going to happen, it's not as that's why watching football is so, so fun, it's why, you know, I, 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 sorry, I have no idea if that's your sport, but, <clears throat> you know, one of the fun things about life is you don't know how it's going to work out, which makes it hard interesting can i james, say this is, is that uh, james
2: I, I mean i just I'm, i appreciate your optimism with the whole thing because <laughs> uh, there's uncertainty and then there's pulling your hair out and crying yeah, because yeah, you have yeah, no yeah, idea yeah. what's going to happen in an hour let alone a week
3: oh look I, also that is why this phrase of the year um is is just so funny because just the annoyance of the flip-flopping and the lockdown and then are we coming out are we not coming out and how's it going to be and I'm working with some people at the moment in California and they've just gone down into full lockdown over there. And just like, that's just not knowing, not knowing if we can go out and see our family and friends as well. Anyway, that's why the phrase of the, the year, and this is this research I've just done with uh, Acor, says the phrase is, when this is all over. We've We've been saying it, <laughs> something like, Hold on, the, the numbers are like seventy odd percent of people have been saying this, so that's like forty-six million people in the UK. Okay, forty percent of us are saying it every week, but this is the bit that really gets me. Thirteen percent—that's eight point six million people—are saying it every single day. You know, they're turning. And I don't know. I don't know if, you, I don't know if you, either of you two have been doing this, but you know, I've been turning to my wife and saying, okay, when this is all over, and look, we love our kids, we love our house. It's all you know. We we, we, painted, the, we painted the lounge I say we. I've painted the lounge. I have painted the downstairs loo. But I can't wait to get out of these four walls. So I'm like, when this is all over, we're going to go and stay in that hotel. There's a hotel, it's actually about five stops in the tube. We live in London, so about five stops in the tube away from us. <coughs> Excuse me, but it's not the same four walls. It's, um, you know, it's a nicer yeah. way. And I've been saying to friends of mine, when this is all over, we're going to the coast, we get, we're going to get out and we're going to we're, gonna, we're gonna get out, you know? Can I bet you've been saying the
1: same? Yeah, literally, um, I think things in Ireland kind of have slowly started to reopen today. And I have okay. just been messaging, voice noting, all my friends saying, okay, when it's completely <laughs> over, you know, because now the restaurants aren't good enough for me, I want to be able to travel. I can't wait to go, you know, yeah, even yeah. to London. Just want to go to London, get on a plane and just not have to wear a mask.
3: I hear you. What about taking a train? Imagine the joy of just taking public transport without wearing a mask, right? Or just yeah. being uh... able to get out. This is- Actually, this is... Yeah, you agree, correct? Because I I mean, I mean,
2: it's it's so funny though. Just because, like, when this is all over, that that phrase, I suppose, I haven't even realized you've been using it so much. And it's nearly—I don't know if it's like some sort of survival mechanism that you're trying to remind yourself that it will be over, and let's make you know plan things uh, down the line. Because I thought one of the most depressing things about this year, especially when we were in full lockdown, flights were grounded, everywhere Mm -hmm. was closed, you couldn't even plan anything. And I remember we yeah. had planned, this, talking about the uncertainty being a killer, myself and herself had planned a trip away uh, in a hotel in Dublin, as you said, like 10 minutes away from us, but getting out of the four walls and then last minute it was cancelled because we had to go back into a strict lockdown and it was just that devastating, oh for God's sake, but now, you know, I think there's a, there is like the end of the tunnel and I think we, we need we need like the little, uh, you just need something to look forward to to keep us sane and alive.
3: Yeah, the research is really clear on this. I mean, the research from the psychologists from years. Humans are like bicycles. You know, um, my, my my son is six, and he's learning to cycle at the moment. I keep on saying to me, go a bit faster. You know, you, you, you'll get there. And the thing is, we're like bicycles, and if we're heading towards something, we don't fall over, but if we stop heading towards something. And some of the words that we found in it, the, the, the research that people are frustrated cooped up. I love the idea that we, we feel like we're chickens. We're stuck in a cage. Mm-hmm. And I saw this. This was... Um, Something 70, 75% of people really feel the need to have something to look forward to, to feel good. And they're saying now more than ever. And this is actually women more than men. <laughs> 85% of women have been saying that they feel just right now, more than ever, they need... Something to look forward to. You know the thing we're missing most. What the research showed is number one, and this this won't surprise you. It's friends and family. It's seeing your your grandma, your mum. It's it's you know seeing those old friends and having a drink with them or going on a weekend away with them or something. Um, and number two is holidays, weekends away, exploring yeah. something. I mean, exactly the stuff that you you know. So what you said, Cormac, what you just said there, um, we were lucky, actually, we got away just before the second lockdown. And I actually kind of literally dragged the family away for a night away just because I said, look, this is about to close up. So let's just go somewhere. We went to this, this little hotel. It was just, it was a, just a little break. It's uh, But that's the thing. We're desperate for a break right now. But we can say when this is all over. Cause as you say, it's different to that first lockdown because it was scary. If you think back to April, May, it was we didn't know how bad this thing was going to be, we didn't know how many people it was going to kill, we didn't know if it was going to be another black death or something, you know. Real, and of course, it's been awful for so many people, but now we can kind of breathe a sigh of relief and go, Oh, when it's all right, we can start to plan again. So, I feel like this, you know. I've, I got a bit emotional when I thought about the vaccine. I I actually had a tear. I actually had a tear come out of one eye and I'm a 46 year old man and I shouldn't really admit that live on radio, but you know, it was, it was, I just feel like I, you know, the people, I just mean the people, I mean, literally, I mean the people generally, we can go out again and we can go and live and see our friends and go on holidays and you know, life will get back to normal. So it's, Yeah, I feel very positive
1: about 2021. Yeah, so do I, which is obviously kind of getting all of us through. But when you go back to the phrases, like when I say uncertain times, it's not even that, you know, that's obviously very important because we don't know what's coming and what's, you know, it is everything is uncertain. But it's the phrases, they just feel like they're being rolled out again and again and again Mm -hmm, and there's mm -hmm, no kind mm -hmm. of end to it. So it's you're, yeah. you're nearly feeling more stressed hearing that.
3: Yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's that sort of, um, I don't want to say death by a thousand cuts, but it's that sort of like yeah. that constant little bit here, there. And the weird thing is actually in, in, in my book, that, this time and how to spend it, which is, I think I've often come across as kind of quite glib and light, but it's all based on evidence that people have found, that, um, you know, people much cleverer than me, psychologists, economists, anthropologists at places like Oxford and Cambridge and the LSC and uh, Stanford and Harvard and MIT and one of the things which is um, I think you'll relate to this Sergio, what you're saying there is that the, the first there's a, there's a seven rule checklist and it's stories S-T-O-R-I-E-S and you can use each of these seven tools in order to be happier more creative more successful and just enjoy life more and the first one is S about story and the magic of story is that if you, if you think about the hero's journey the story of Star Wars the story of Moana the story of Cinderella you have to have something go wrong but you have to have that sense of jeopardy so one of the weird fun things about going to uh you know on a city break with somebody is that you don't you know that, that those butterflies in your stomach before a party yeah. or those butterflies in your stomach is you're, is you're going to the airport and you're going somewhere there's that kind of sense of what might happen let's see let you know and you know that kind of fun exciting thing yeah. and it's even when things go i've got this thing about how hotels are almost like a springboard for things to happen weekends away the magic of them is you're going to meet interesting, fun people. You're gonna meet some slightly boring people. You're gonna have some things that turn out well and things that go a bit wrong. And the magic of all that is it creates stories. And those stories turn into something that you tell somebody else, of course, and that brings you close to other people, it makes you happy. So there's, uh, there's all sorts of, uh, sort of weird, magical, psychological things that come along from going away for a weekend or just a night away and going to stay in a hotel and going to have some fun somewhere. So now with this vaccine coming through and us all feeling this, you know, light at the end of the tunnel, I think there's an opportunity now to sort of start to, um, to, to, to feel good about it coming. Anticipation is one of the reasons why, why experiences are better than material goods at making us happy. But there's, there's, there's this, the research with Accor showed that um, 78% of people daydream about an experience they've booked for the future. You know, when you yeah. book something and you start to go,
0: Oh, where are we gonna go? Oh,
3: wait. And mean, then what also happens? You start to talk to your friends about it. Well, what, what do you, where are we gonna? We're we gonna see a show. We're we gonna go to a club. We're we gonna. You know, is there a particular place you want to go to? It's uh, you know, daydreaming about the future, even if it's uncertain. At least it's a positive uncertain.
2: What do you think? Uh, no, I mean I agree a hundred percent. And like that's what I think. The problem with this year has been uh, the fact that there has been nothing to talk about because every, gigs have been cancelled, <laughs> pubs have been closed down, and it's like the only thing. I remember getting really like I don't know if it was angry or just depressed. You'd bump into someone on a walk because that's the only thing we had to do was walks, right? And the only thing. As a crutch for conversation would be the cases, the case number, um, <laughs> what the government should be doing, and it was like you could yeah. script out every conversation you'd have, and it was just like we can't even talk about. It. You know, someone said I went to a gig last night; it was amazing. Or, I went to the cinema. Did you see this brand new movie? Small talk was ripped out of society, and we'd no idea what to do.
3: do you know, what I love about that is is it you know who it's been hardest for? Who? The radio presenters. It's people like you guys. I was talking to a woman called a woman called Steph Hurst. Like you to got the same kind of sort of big personality. She said, "She said, James, the worst thing about this is I've had to hold a show with nothing to talk about because nothing's happening." <laughs> she said that she, she ended up talking. Well, she her, She ended up talking about the fact that um, she was going to get her nails done and she couldn't wait to get that done. She said it's the most boring thing there is to talk about. But like you say, there's no gigs. There's no like you know secret cinema, immersive theatre things to go to. There's no comedy shows to go to. There's no. There's not much going on. So um, yeah, I think that we can be certain that we there's stuff's gonna happen next year. Um Yeah, that's a real, um, that's a weird positive thing, but a real, yeah, real, no, not weird, that's super positive.
1: But I think actually, like when you think about planning things and looking forward to things, it's nearly more exciting than when you're actually there in the moment.
3: It's so interesting you say that. That was one of the things, I would agree with you, Jeremy, Christmas and New Year, I think are these two archetypal moments when the looking forward to Christmas and the looking forward to New Year is a really big thing, but but when it comes, your family are annoying. There's an argument (laughs) that happens, the people (laughs) don't like. You know, when you try and explain to someone that you really appreciate they bought you that scarf, but you've already got five scarves and really you don't need it anymore. And thank you. But do they have to do that? Or let's say you're me and you've written a book called Suffocation, but still your mother gives you socks for Christmas and you still you have to explain that you don't want socks for Christmas. And, and New Year, you know, um, New Year's that really big build up to it. But, it's, it, you know, it can go either way, can't it? Um, and I saw this. That was in the research that I did with Accor, too. 69% of people say that um, anticipation is almost as good as the real thing, which I've got to say, oh, it worries me that people are choosing the wrong experiences, okay? And this is one of the things. I've got this, I'm hopeful, as you can probably tell, I think I'm a bit of an optimist. I've got this hope that this Christmas could be the moment where we really do flip and we flip to realizing that experiences are only better than material goods, but experience gifts are better than material goods too, exactly for the reason you were talking about, Saoirse, the idea that um, anticipation is so powerful and the magic is, let's say you were to give um, uh, your niece or nephew or a friend or your mum or, or somebody an, ex- an experience and you were to buy it, so Accor, the, the reason I'm working with them is they've got these gift cards these, you know, to go and stay in a hotel, let's say you were to give one of those and someone's to go to, I don't know uh, let's say London, to stay growing, or Liverpool sorry, I'm a big fan of Liverpool, great place to go to. The magic of that is they Let's say they book the trip or they want to go in March or April. You've got like three or four months looking forward to it. That's free happiness. Just thinking about it, daydreaming about it, having that light at the end of the tunnel that you're looking forward to. That's kind of free happiness right there. Then you get the weekend that you have there, and then you get from then until day you get dementia or die, you remember that. So you get this story and this memory that you that you help create. And, of course, if you give that gift to somebody, you know, a hotel stay or one of these um, these gift cards, what you're, you're going to get is the person you give it to, they're going to talk to you about it. So you create yeah. this much stronger... And you know, as I said before, although I'm talking about this, and it kind of, I think for me it makes kind of common sense. There's research about this. There's this woman called Cassie McGillner Holmes at UCLA um, at the Anderson School of Management who's researched this and showed basically evidence that shows that if you buy someone an experience around the thing as a gift, it will bring you closer together. So I'm hoping. Because we've had this awful year and we've got this light at the end of the tunnel, people think we don't need more stuff. This is the time to really go for the experiences. That's uh, that's uh, you know I'm hoping that people will get into it more.
2: Uh, no, a hundred percent. And I said we could kind of talk probably for hours and hours about this. Um, <laughs> but there's some gems of advice. And as you said, we'll leave it on, on a good note and a, on a positive and a hopeful note, I suppose, uh, moving forward. But uh, James Wallman, thanks a million for popping on. I know you're you're author of those two books. Your new book. Um, which is out, available to, I take it, order and, and in all the usual places?
3: Yeah, absolutely. It should be. The Financial Times named it uh, a book of the year. It's, you know, you know Amazon and bookstores book and stuff. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going great. guns. Um, obviously, I'd want people to buy my book for Christmas, but buying an experience is... And I saw this other, one last thing I'm going to say in the stats, that pe- more people will be thrilled to receive an experience gift than a material gift. So if you're thinking, what am I going to get somebody? The thing is, get them an experience.
2: You yeah, I think so. Yeah, because we've had zero experiences, except for the experience of lockdown, which we're all done and dusted with. But listen, <laughs> James <laughs> Wellman, we <laughs> appreciate you uh, coming on this evening and his new book, Time and How to Spend at the Seven Roads for Richer, Happier Days. Definitely one to check out. But we will chat you again. And thanks a million for popping on FM 104. Thank you,
3: Cormac and Saoirse. Happy Christmas to you.